And when I finally ran up there, he had gotten mm-hmm. the whole scrotum in the zipper. That's the sucks. whole thing. How do you do that? <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. You know what doesn't suck? What doesn't suck, Bob? Well, you know what we can make suck less is first line technologies hybrid decon. They are revolutionizing the decon process with the bar method, which is blot, apply, and remove using wet decon and dry decon. So no more rigging hoses or finding a large enough space uh, to set all of it up. Uh, the system is so compact you can even just toss it in the back of a chief's vehicle. Yeah, so do your own recon and make deconsuckless.com or visit them at firstlinetech.com because FLT is making decon suck a little less. Ah, welcome back to episode 407, trucking along, and this uh, episode will not uh, disappoint if you look below us, it's mercury dripping from an air conditioner, and uh, good stuff here, Uh, but before we bring on our special guest, I would like to mention all of the conferences that we're going to be at, and holy crap, is it a lot, I should have been prepared for this. It is pretty much all of 2024. I think I didn't even know that the country had these many conferences and they're really just the conferences within the United States. But areas just keep adding on and adding on and adding on and they keep reaching out. So what do we got? Where are we going? All right. So we have in no particular order, Florida, Indiana, Michigan, cold zone, convergence, Ontario, South Carolina, Connecticut, Oklahoma State and continuing challenge. That's Mm. on the docket as of right now. So if you're going to be in one of those places, come and find us um, or go to the Hazmat Specialist Happy Hour, which is the fourth Thursday of the month. And I'll give you guys a little secret out there. If you took the survey and you got your coin, there are so many people looking to buy Bob drinks at conferences that we've had to limit it to just the people that own the coin. So if you have the coin, if you have the poker chip, that will enable you to find Bob and buy him a drink. Yeah. And speaking of that, I didn't bring him a drink because I was so excited for our our guest. Let's bring him on. There he is. Hey, beautiful. What's up, guys? I know that face. Oh, what a pleasure. Huh. I think I've been. I think I've been here before. You yeah. have. You have. It's been. It's been a while since. Uh, it's been a while since I saw. I saw. I saw some of your subordinates today on a on a fishing trip. So I'm uh, excited to see your beautiful face. <laughs> well, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? It's probably easier. Well, I guess I'm most famous for supervising Bobby and Mike for a time being. <laughs> oh, what a uh, wrapping your head around a pole. <laughs> so, uh, supervision is a very loose term <laughs> yeah. with me and Bob. I, I didn't say I, I didn't say I succeeded. I just said that that's probably what I'm most infamous for. So, um, for the people who have uh, haven't seen us before, um, my name is John Cassie. I'm a lieutenant in Hasback Company One. Uh, I have 29 years of service with the FDNY, almost 20 of them in Hazmat Company 1, uh, in the ranks of lieutenant and firefighter. So I rode the back step, and now I sit up front. And both of these gentlemen drove me at one point or the other. So, um, you know, a lot of the calls that they talk about, we've been on together. 
Yeah. And I, I would not be exaggerating in the least to say that he is the heart and soul of the hazmat program within the FDNY. So yeah. he's don't just think of him as some lieutenant in some company. Uh, take what he says with a very heavy grain of no right. salt would be the wrong. Never mind. I okay. would say I would say, yeah, he, like he's the guy that runs the whole thing. So like he knows where all the bodies are buried. Uh, both literally and figuratively, which is weird, your proximity to Gilgo Beach, but we'll leave that for another day. Listen, just because, listen, that was Massapequa Park. That's very different than Massapequa. Fair enough. Not much. So, all right, you gave me this title. I was not working from this, but I remember hearing a lot about it, but this is this is fresh in your memory. Give us the 30,000-foot view, and then let's just bury down. Mike, were you working for this one? I was I was not. Uh, this was one of the ones that I was super disappointed to find out that uh, I was not working for uh, because it is just such a cool run. Luckily, though, with my memory, I barely remember a single detail about what happened. So this is all new to me. So we we all get we all get the, the runs that come over the computer or the printer or the voice alarm. And you're just like, that's not real. That can't possibly be real. So as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm sure the hazmat guys remember for like two weeks straight, we went to, um, we went to, I smell radiation every night for two weeks in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Right. So you get those runs where no, that's definitely not a real run. So Mercury comes over Mercury dripping from an air conditioner. Right. We'll be back in the firehouse like 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. It's a turnaround. We, we, call, it's them, it's a tur we call them boomerang runs. You go out right. the door, so, you fly back in. Right. So the, the chief will get there and be like, no, there's no, there's, there's no, there's no mercury dripping from. Right. Because the well, last thing they want is us showing up on scene because then we're there yeah. forever. And yeah, they try to get us turned around as quick as possible. Yes. So um, I was sorely mistaken. Literally, it would turn into um, close to a six-hour run and then follow-up runs and then court and multi-agencies. And um, so we get wow. this and they, they, were, they inform, yes, there's mercury. Um, the first two units, they, um, they spoke with the people. They said there's visual indications of mercury on the floor coming from an intake or return on an HVAC system. Which, so, which is what was surprising to you because the initial ticket had said mercury dripping from an air conditioner. Right. Right. Okay. There shouldn't be there shouldn't be any mercury in any air conditioners that that I'm aware of. No, you know, it's all bull yeah. bearings nowadays. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> you know, um, occasionally we've had somebody break the old round style thermostats with mm -hmm. the little mercury bulb and they're like that's understandable but not from the air conditioning unit itself so um the team fires up the the mercury analyzers before we even get the door get in the door because one of the things that we've experienced is for some reason uh even though mercury has this incredibly low vapor pressure homeowners like to try and clean it up with vacuum cleaners. Mm. So normally if somebody broke a mercury thermometer or a mercury containing device in a bathroom, we would normally think like the initial exclusion zone would probably be the bathroom. Right. But 
when we've learned from experience that we bring the mercury analyzer and we meet the owners at the door and we've had readings at the door. Right. And, and, gener and generally that's from them walking through it and spreading it in right. the process of us, us showing up. Or them using a household vacuum cleaner to try oh, and clean it up. That's my second guess. <laughs> so, um, so the, the, um, the mercury analyzer is screaming at the door and we're like, okay. And we wind up doing a survey and we, this is a, um, basically a split level. So it has like three, three stories. It's got a garage and some basement on the, uh, on the lower level. And then as we go up, you have the main floor and then you have the bedrooms up top and a little, and a little attic. So the guy's surveyed the whole entire house and every room in the house was above the limits for what is acceptable for mercury now at, at this point in time just to, to you didn't know that the vacuum had been used so we did not so which this would be super super confusing to anybody who's done multiple mercury runs because this is not what we like. normally find in a mercury run right like mm. if i could just paint a quick picture for what we normally find in a mercury run the the spill is isolated we walk in we generally get a gradual reading until we get to the spill the meter spikes around the spill we clean it up everything goes down the only time that things are spread is if the the cat dog baby or grandma stepped in it and tracked it throughout the house right so this like at this point in time like you guys should have been super confused yeah well as we're doing as we're doing our air monitoring in our general survey of the house we do find not just a regular household plug in the wall vacuum we find an all house vacuum oh no Oh yes. <laughs> and oh, how no. do how do those work? What is the what's the setup so, and function? So so they're not really common, um, but they have these this central vacuum in this one was in the basement, and there's PVC pipes throughout the entirety of the house, and you plug the tubing in each room when you go to vacuum it, and it goes to the central collection chamber. So we're like. Did you try and vacuum up the mercury spill? And normally they'll deny it, and then we'll right. go monitor Aww. the vacuum. And like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, they're like, yes, but it didn't really work very well because there's still mercury there. So, oh. so now, so now instead of just bagging up a vacuum for the proper disposal, we have mercury contamination in, in the pipe, in the oh. pipes, in the walls. Oh, through literally throughout the entire house, this mercury yes. would have been spread through the pipes. So you got, yeah. you seriously have to cut the pipes out because if there's any, like every PVC pipe that kind of connects, you know, even though you slip it into the joint, there's still like a little notch where they connect with like, the, you know, the, they were coming. So there's puddles all throughout the pipe. Well, not only that, not only that, that, even though mercury has this low vapor pressure, when you turn on the vacuum, the air current moving over just it evaporates. Just makes things it just makes things worse. Oh, so that and, would and, that would that would account that would account for high readings in the basement, right? But what accounted for high readings throughout the entire house? 
Well, remember, the coal oh. came over as mercury leaking from the air conditioner. Okay. So they direct us to the main hallway and in the ceiling, this is a central air conditioning unit, not a window or a wall uh, unit. Okay. And in the ceiling, there is a return or an intake for the central air conditioning. Okay. And at the bottom on the floor, sure enough, there's a bunch of beads of mercury on the floor that had fallen from the ceiling. And the, the fun, the fun little property of mercury is that you have a nice bead of mercury, but when it drops from any sort of elevation, it it splits, <laughs> it splits into it's many, like atomic many, many levels, yes. <laughs> right? Which like which liquid terminator that never comes back together, right? Which right. increase, which increases the surface area, which increases uh, the 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 amount of vapors that will go off sure the vapor pressure doesn't change but its evaporation rate certainly will so like okay wow. i'm like we're like okay so that's the intake for the air conditioner so now let's go and see where the discharges in every single room of the house go so now oh. there's mercury vapors coming out of every single discharge and that would account for mercury in every single room of the house. This is like the, um, you know, the the meme of when like you know somebody sees a spider and it's like the whole house is on fire. It's like <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. easier. <laughs> yeah, you know? it was just, just easier. easier burn it down. <laughs> so, like, all right, well, this is this is not this is not normal. There should not be mercury in there. What time and of day is this? This is this is like a Sunday. This is like a Sunday afternoon, and I'm um, sure it was a beautiful like 50 degree day. It was cool. It was it, it was cool. <laughs> um, so it wasn't one of those days where we're sweating and doing a mercury oh, cleanup. Too bad. But so we we get the we get the a we get the a frame ladder and we open up the air conditioning and with mirrors we could see there's a whole bunch of little puddles of mercury up inside the air conditioning return still up there when you get there up there yeah up there when we get there okay so um like okay well, we have a lot of we have a lot of cleaning up to do so we start we start cleaning up and that's hours upon hours of cleaning up what's on the ground bagging up the um bagging up the central vac canister downstairs um, bagging up the vacuum hoses, taking the little taking the little plugs that we have, the little torquer plugs. Tell me, and, tell me, it wasn't carpet? Oh yeah, there's carpet. There's rugs. There's <laughs> well, in the in the in the hallway, it was wood floor. Okay, but so we start after we after we spend a couple hours cleaning up, we we start interviewing the homeowner, and the homeowner. Um, tells about a conflict that he's having with the contractor ironically about the air conditioning system and that oh, no. he had been working he had been working on the house a week prior so he was alleging that the air conditioning repair guy who he wanted to service something under warranty and they had a disagreement of whether it was under warranty or not he alleges that he put it up there well, 
this is not really okay. Like, so now we have this aspect of we have an allegation of criminality, right? Right. But, um, who do you call? Do you call the the regular precinct cop? Um, because this is a little bit outside of their it's outside of their um purview of understanding about like you know all right so it's mercury like how's that a problem right so now my concern my concern is that they reported the la- the guy was in the house a week ago so that means that the air conditioning has been pumping out mercury vapor for a week, a week. and they've been exposed and breathing this in for a week yeah, I, d- I don't think there's a law and order special victims unit for Mercury. I would definitely, I would not <laughs> have been able Mercury to get unit. any experience from my years of watching law and order on this one. <laughs> so, um, through our, through our experience in hazmat, um, we've worked with New York state department of environmental conservation police. So we reached out to them for some guidance. And they came out and they were going to get involved and they were going to work with the local um, police department to to conduct an investigation. Now, at the end of the at the end of the day, after our mitigation, um, we opened up all the windows. We put multiple fans into operation. And even after that, in hours and hours and hours of running fans, we couldn't get the levels to drop. There was no longer you know, visible mercury to clean up, but it's just in everything. Mm-hmm. It's in the curtains. It's in the rugs. It's it's just right, everywhere. You would almost think about this uh, as you would like a, a high humidity, right? Where you have water vapor in the air, the water vapor is going to get into everything. And it therefore then you have to literally would have to redry out, sort of speak, the entire room. It's It's embedded in everything that can be absorbent. Yeah. And so now now we have some follow up. We don't want to let the homeowners reoccupy because we can't. So we have to advise them that, you know, we think it's in your best interest to go get a hotel room. We also advise them to go see their uh, primary care physician and go get some blood draws, go get some urine and and see if there's any effects. And were there, were there the, any any signs and symptoms of any anybody or anything in the house people complained of intermittent headache um but nothing you know nothing really acute but headache is a potential symptom of mercury poisoning a little dizziness at at times Uh, one of my other concerns was one of the residents of the house was pregnant so certainly that heightens your medical like listen you need to really go speak to somebody and 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 find out what's what's going on you know so you know how you know that stuff mike well from training bob training everybody knows that (laughs) (laughs) we're getting really good at this (laughs) you know speaking of training how about unlock your team's potential with us Get the expertise that delivers. We don't deliver training. We deliver experience. But why should they choose us, Bob? Because we tailor the training programs to you, and we hit the bullseye every shot. We use cutting-edge technology. We use cutting-edge tools. We use the latest and greatest in training equipment. Yep, and engaging and incredibly interactive and handsome, I might add. Beautiful. uh, Sessions, yes. 
Uh, and we try to cater everything to make it a lifelong learning experience. So you don't just walk away thinking you understand the material in a classroom, but you actually can apply it to your everyday career life. Right. So choose us as your training partner. Embark on a personal and professional journey. Contact us now at thehazmatguys.com slash hire us to start your journey. I'm terribly sorry about that. Well, listen, if I and if I understand and if I under and if I understand correctly, you guys can you guys can cater to an online training program or an in-person training program, whatever the customer needs. Very versatile. We're trying to figure out smoke signal training right now. It's it's the latest and the greatest in, you know, 17th century technology. And we'll leave the fire prop behind. (laughs) So. Um, so where we left off is we we advise we're, we're we're wrapping up. We've been we've been on scene six plus hours. Um, we've we've run the fans. We still can't get the numbers where they need to be. Um, we're leaving all the windows open for natural ventilation. Uh, one of our one of our partner agencies in New York City is um, New York City Department of Health. And they will do follow up for for mercury contamination. So we made notifications to them. They're going to follow out. They're also going to follow up on the medical concerns that we have. And New York City Department of Environmental Conservation Police are going to come. We go back. um, And now this starts to take on a life of its own. So one of the things that happened tragically Um, there was mercury in every person in a homeowner's blood and urine, um, and the family dog died. So, um, I'm assuming mercury, we're not talking like hit by a car that day. No, mercury. Okay. Mercury. So the, the, the dog, the dog died from supposed mercury poisoning and, you know, it reinforces a nice concept of, uh, you know, you have a smaller you know, individual susceptibility. Obviously, a pet is smaller than a human being. The pet is also closer to the ground, where the mercury vapors are going to be more, right, uh, more right. heavily focused. And th- the dog died. And so now this is taking on a now this is taking on a uh, you know a whole bunch of different things. And the Department of Environmental Conservation Police they did a further evaluation of the central air conditioning system. And in one of the main distribution units that was in the attic had additional mercury in it. So he didn't just put mercury in one spot. There was mercury placed so in a number of spots. It, it kind of sounds like this was intentional because mercury doesn't oopsie its way into a, a HVAC thing after you get a repair from an HVAC guy. It's kind of like... I'm kind of leaning this way, <laughs> right? Right. Well, you know, so certainly, you know, certainly it's highly unusual and needs to be investigated. Right. And the fact that it was in the fact that it was in multiple places in the system, again, is the, your index of suspicion goes yeah. higher. And it, was there any damage to the ductwork that the mercury was sitting on? Nope. No. So really, okay. what, so so. Re- so it's like a big one section that the DEC police found, which is a big box. And that's where the damper is going to move. That's where you're going to put your, that's where you're going to put a filter very often. And 
he opened that up and he found some in there. We found ours in the hallway by the return. And the family was actually very fortunate because mercury is so heavy and it's because it's liquid that it actually found places to get out. Otherwise, nobody would have known this. And right. it killed the dog in a week. What kind of symptoms would have had if this was never discovered and it's just a chronic, you're going to have like chronic fatigue symptoms, low level chronic exposure, you know, who's going to, you know, what primary care physician is going to think, oh, let's test them for mercury. You know, that, that would be a medical who done it for quite a, for quite a while. So, um, the, there was no lingering effects of the, the, of the people in the house, but eventually they decide that, um, they want to do a criminal prosecution of the HVAC guy. And now this is going to go to court, which is, you know, a very, very interesting thing because um, I would testify in court based on our hazmat findings. So um, this is where all the hazmat training, all your documentation, all the stuff that you're going to do that you may not really appreciate, and sometimes it may seem mundane, but this is where your agency's reputation comes in line because there is somebody that's going to get paid to try and pick all this apart for the benefit of their client. And uh, you guys mentioned law and order before. So the defense attorney was a famous mobster, John Gotti's attorney at one point, Marvin Kornberg. And he was... Um, he was straight out of like law and order central casting. He was like one of these bigger <laughs> okay. than life animated court courtroom presence. And, and we had some lively, we had some lively discussions. Um, but this is where um, if you want your testimony to be admitted into the record, you have to show that your training and, you know, your certifications and your credentials on why you should be considered a subject matter expert. So, Thankfully, that was all. Thankfully, that was all in place. We had our documentation in place. Our, our reports were all our reports were all in order, and we even got down to the the defense attorney earned his money. He did a very very deep dive into everything. He even read the owner's manual for the Jerome five hundred five mercury analyzer Whoa. Um, that that we utilize from cover to cover. And we had a lively discussion on when do you change the filter in the Jerome 505? <laughs> Please tell me your so, answer was after your client attempted to kill everybody in the house. <laughs> well, no, that's not that's 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 really not how that that's really not how that that goes. Um, when you testify when you testify in court, you really are only allowed to answer the question that's posed to you. You're not supposed to speak extemporaneously beyond that. Right. And if you want to, if you want to get additional points put in, um, it's up to the opposing attorney to circle back and bring you back there. So it, you don't get to have this long narrative discussion like we're having now. Right. So the, the interesting thing, and again, this is total hazmat nerd stuff. Uh, the Jerome 505 isn't a first responder meter. It's a um, industry. It's a it's an industry meter, <clears throat> right? So they're using it every day. And in the in there, it says you change the filter monthly or as 
needed. So he's, he asked me, he's like, can you tell me when that filter was last changed? And honestly, I can't. So I, I, I may have been a little animated. And I'm like, I have no clue when it was last changed. And he throws his hand up and he's like, how could that be? My client's, my client's freedom is on the line and you can't tell me. He goes, that's supposed to be changed every month. And literally, remember how we said the defense, the, the prosecutor now has to circle back. And um, he's like, Mr. Cassidy, why, why wouldn't you know? And it's supposed to be monthly. And I'm like, well, it, monthly is in the book, but it says or as needed. And the as needed part would be if we turn the instrument on and right. the zero re and, and we're having readings that don't clear with a fresh air setup. One of the things that you would do is change the filter. Right. So we had to circle back to that. But the the precision to your craft and knowing your instruments, when you actually go to a court of law, this is all challengeable. When right. was that meter last? When was that? When was that meter last calibrated? You know, when was? Did you do a fresh air setup? Did you do a bump test? You know, all of these things will come in, and you know, you really have to think about your agency, the people that run that show or that part of it. It's really important when you go to court. Right. So, now, the, uh, uh, just real quick along those lines, there was another incident that I believe you had had, um, in which. They wanted to know, and this was a previous Jerome meter. It was the gold foil meter where uh, ammonia was a cross sensitivity, and they had done a deep dive as well and asked if we had cleared the place for ammonia and before before acting. Am I correct in that? Yeah, because the um, the older gold film Jeromes would react to ammonia and like if a cat's litter box had too much urine in it, you could, um, the ammonia, the ammonia <clears throat> in the urine could actually set off right. uh, the device. So but the, understanding the, the meter to that depth, it does so much more than just prepare for legal. It's, it's actually, you need to know and understand your meter in order to, to, to operate properly. Yeah. Tactically. Tactically. Right? So, yeah. Right. So somebody you, you go in and you're doing a cleanup, but there's a litter box by and you're like, why can't we get the numbers to drop? Yeah, because it's reacting to it's reacting to the litter box. <laughs> right. So the 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 we have the newer Jerome 505s that use an infrared. Um, so I don't have that cross sensitivity anymore. Um, but yes, that understanding of your tools has a tactical application and certainly has a legal application as, as well. So ultimately, um, the defense attorney earned his money. It was a, uh, a bench trial, so not a jury trial. And the, 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 bar for, um, the bar for a criminal conviction is very, very high. It's beyond the reasonable doubt, right? So that's a very, very high bar. And although certainly we could, um, the prosecution could prove with our documentation that, yep, there was mercury in the air conditioner. The, um, the circumstances of who put it there could not be determined beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, uh, you know, alternate theories of the crime could include, well, the homeowner put it there to get the, the guy in trouble. Sure. Sure. There, there were, there were other, there were other, there were other workers that were there doing other work in the house during the period of time in question. And 
So um, he was he was acquitted, but it certainly was a very interesting run for us that, well, we started out thinking this was a 20 minute run and it would turn out the run was in 2015 and it went to trial in 2018. Oh, so, that's, when, that's when it was because I saw that. I'm like, I'm reading the news article and I'm like, this is 2018. I thought it was a lot earlier than that. Wait a second. That run was when? That run was 2015. 15? 2015. That room, that was eight years ago. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, if you, uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. My mind's shot. So. Um, this is also where this is also where your your documentation becomes really critical because your memory of that run of the particulars of that run, um, you know, three years down the road when you're in court, you know, certainly, you know, everybody's memory is going to change. Right. But in in this particular one, um, because of the circumstances an extra level of documentation was done because there was the possibility that this could happen. Yeah. Right. So if we go out, uh, if we go out on, if we go out on a hazmat run and for, for our viewers, when we start thinking like, you know, where do we want that extra level of scrutiny of our documents? Anytime somebody is hurt, whether it's one of us on our crew or somebody from the public, if there's a fatality, God forbid, Right. Then there's going to be this interest in this incident. Right. Or if there's a high level of property damage and who's responsible for it, all of that, you really want to make sure your documentation is right. Um, even if you take, you know, some notes, send an email to yourself, something where you can timestamp stuff and they're going to be like, well, how are you how are you so certain this happened? Well, I documented it and I sent the report via this email at this time. And then you can, then you're allowed to bring that document in to refresh your memory. And that way um, you don't get torn apart on, you know, that your mind is a sieve three years later. And, you know, but that's, but that's normal. That's normal. Let me ask, because we've, we've hit our 30 minute mark, but I would be remiss to ask this, this one last question. So, legal operation okay that that's totally cool what were some of the lessons learned in tactical operations at that run oh i know behind the premium wall Ooh. 